You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. You're listening to episode 469 and I'm your co-host, Brittany Martin. This is the live RailsConf 2023 podcast panel. I want to give a special shout out to Jason Charns and Paul Barr as my co-hosts, our wonderful guests on the panel, the RailsConf organizers and Cindy Backman for the audio. Enjoy. Live from RailsConf 2023, Atlanta. It's a Ruby Community Podcast Live. On the panel today, from the Ruby on Rails podcast, Brittany Martin. Welcome to the Ruby on Rails podcast. What is your developer origin story? From the Remote Ruby podcast, Jason Charns. Today we are joined by DHH. Welcome to Remote Ruby. And from Peachtree Sound, editor of over a dozen tech and dev podcasts, Paul Barr. Now, now, now. put your hands together and welcome your moderator, Brittany Martin. All right, what happens at RailsConf doesn't stay at RailsConf when it is recorded as a podcast. Welcome to the 2023 RailsConf live podcast recording dubbed a Ruby Community Podcast Live. I'm Brittany Martin, a newly minted engineering manager at Shogun, co-host of the Ruby on Rails podcast, and I play roller derby under the pseudonym Merge Conflict. Spoiler alert, this is a roller derby injury. I'm Jason Charns. I work for Podia, and I have not a good intro like Brittany. My name is Paul Barr. I'm an audio editor. I work with companies like Apple, Pandora, Walmart, and you may have heard some of the stuff I've done for community podcasts. How many of you all listen to any Ruby or Rails podcast? Raise your hands. All right. Woo! Maybe some of these. This is Remote Ruby. What's good? I almost said nothing, but that's I got to stop asking you this question. You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. You're listening to episode 463 and your co-host, Brittany Martin. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? Good, good to be back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Code and the Coding Coders Who Code It. I'm your host, Drew Bragg. Hey, everybody, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jess. Welcome to the Indie Rails. There she is! <laughs> in the cupboard! Do you know what? I'm actually in a cupboard as well this week. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ruby for All. Julie, how are you today? What happened to what's up? Well, I know it's up with you. Oh my God, so many Ruby podcasts. It is just absolutely amazing. So this is how the session's gonna work today. First of all, please join the Slack channel live Ruby podcast panel. That's gonna be the place to be able to drop your questions. We have three special guests selected and later on we're gonna do a live audience poll to select our fourth guest today. This is being recorded for two different audiences. You, the wonderful audience who gets the unedited experience, and our dear listeners at home who will get the edited version since Paul famously makes a sound so smooth. Again, please use that Slack channel. It's going to be live Ruby podcast panel to post questions so we can funnel them to our guests. Paul, let's bring up our first guest. Live from RailsConf 2023, Atlanta. It's a Ruby community podcast live. All right, listen up, y'all. I'm y'all substitute teacher, Mr. Garvey. Let's take a roll here. A.A. Ron. Where is A.A. Ron right now? Um, sir, it's actually pronounced... Tender love. Please welcome our first guest, senior staff engineer at Shopify, Aaron Patterson. But we all know him as Tender Love. Tender Love. 
Hello. Hello, Aaron. So I got to say something. Oh, last night at dinner, the server brought my check and she was like, do you know Key and Peel? <laughs> <laughs> and did like the whole AA Rob thing. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> it was very funny. So I have to ask my first question. My first exposure to any Aaron Patterson Tinder love talk was previous Rails comp keynotes, things like that. And so right before I came to Rails Comp 2015 here in Atlanta, I was like, I have to show somebody this. So I was like talking to my wife. I was like, you have to see this Tinder love video. And she's just like, what? <laughs> and so I've got to know where the name Tinder love comes from. <laughs> I'm glad she had that reaction because that, that was the point. <laughs> Actually, hanging out with a bunch of friends, watch movies together and just hang out all the time. Actually, it was a group of friends and it was all women and we would just chat about stuff and one of my friends was like so what is the grossest thing a guy can say to you and my friend was like oh the grossest thing is i want to make tender love to you and i like almost died laughing i was just rolling so i registered the domain name and like if you go through my old posts you'll see like my very first post were just photos of me and my friends doing stuff so i sent it like i sent her a link to it and she was like what what is I'm not clicking this. <laughs> so that's kind of the origin of it. Actually, the reason I started using it in programming is because I would go into chat into like IRC. And at that time, like IRC, that's the old version of Slack for. <laughs> <laughs> I go into IRC and like all the people there had very serious names. It'd be like zero cool. And I can't even remember, but I'm not that type of person. So I was like, I'm going to be tender love and see what, like, see what happens. So that's where it came from. Well, this is very on brand for me. This is going to be a more serious question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had a long tenure with Ruby and Rails and yeah. you've been doing this for so long and you've switched companies over the years. There's yes. been some very obvious jokes that you've made during your conference talks, which I have loved very much. I'm curious for you, what has that been like? Are you essentially onboarding onto these companies and then just going back to the thing that you've always been doing? Or does it change every time you switch companies? I'd say the biggest change is my email address. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. So we were talking about email addresses last night too. I used to work at AT&T. My email address there was ap433datt.com. And it's like burned into my mind. I will never forget this number. At GitHub, when we were acquired by Microsoft, my email was like aa hatter and maybe a number or something like that. But and anyway, answer your question seriously, since it was a serious question. My job changes actually changed a lot. So I think my first opportunity to work on open source for most of my job was at AT&T. After AT&T, I worked at Red Hat and I was doing mostly open source stuff there, but it was for their applications, so more application driven. Kind of similar with GitHub. I do open source work, but it's for the app that we're on. So trying to, I don't know, service the app that we're working with, basically. So driven by our product, pretty much. How much of your time, maybe at Shopify now, is spent open source versus working on Shopify? Oh, it's 100% open source now. I feel very, very lucky. It's all open source stuff now. I'm working on Ruby, Rails stuff, but it's still really driven by the needs of the business. So like whatever we can do to help out 
basically forward Shopify, but also give back to the community. Because I, I feel like the stuff that we work on, it's not specific to just our needs necessarily, but it's driven by those. Because it's like, when you have to scale this big, make code fast, like everybody likes fast code, right? Do you complain if your programs get faster? No. No. Nobody ever gets upset about that. If you, they get slower, people complain though. But I feel like everybody wants fast code. So that's, I don't know, that's what we work on. All right. Well, we have a question from the audience. This oh. one is from Anna. Okay. What are you most looking forward to working on this year? What? A, oh, <laughs> well, if you come to my keynote on the last day. Oh, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get to see it. I think I'm very excited to work on many things. Like I'm working on a compiler team now. We're working on a JIT for Ruby. I'm also excited to work on language server stuff. So I'm going to be talking about that. Sorry, it is spoilers. I'm going to be talking about that at my keynote is like language server stuff. I'm really excited about developer productivity tools. So that's one of the reasons I fell in love with Rails is because like you can get so much stuff done. It makes you so productive. Is that a word? Yeah, that's a word. <laughs> you get, you're very productive and I think that's really great. And I feel that language servers and that type of tooling is another going to be another like leap forward in productivity. It's, it probably already is for most of you because you probably all use VS Code and I am stuck in the past on Vim. <laughs> I'm really excited about that though because there's a lot of languages like any compiled, like statically compiled language, but like TypeScript, JavaScript has really good editor tooling. Yeah. And I long for that in Ruby. So I'm really excited to hear more about that. I think one of the cool things we can do with it, I don't want to give away my whole talk, but also I need to practice my talk. So that's perfect. <laughs> Got some people here. I think what we can do, what I would like to do, my idea is that we would fold a language server or put language server support into Rails itself, but only in the dev environment. So when you boot up your dev server, then you could have the language server communicate with your dev application and show you information about the dev app. For example, if you like hover over a route helper and it could show you like what is the path that this route helper goes to and what the controller in action and all that stuff. And I think that we could make a tight integration with the editor. I just got chills. Oh. <laughs> but that's a perfect opportunity to mention that you'll talk more about that. In yes, I will. Detail. Yeah. Is your keynote tomorrow or Wednesday? Is it morning or afternoon? I'm the final keynote. <laughs> My first ever RailsConf talk was the slot before the last keynote, and I attribute people being at my talk because they wanted to stay for your keynote. So thank you. Thank you for 2017 Phoenix RailsConf. So Aaron, you've been working on Ruby and Rails for so long. Has there ever been a community that might have tempted you to leave us that just seems so interesting? Dang. I have to ask. No. What about C? <laughs> I have to ask. No. So like... I'm a person that likes to dive deep into things. And I think that's why I've been in the Ruby and Rails community so long is like, you, once you go, you start like diving into the framework and then into the language. And then you get like, there's so much stuff to work with and play with. Like, I mean, I have to admit like a lot of, not a lot, but a non-zero amount of my time is at work is like writing machine code, which is like not something I would have imagined doing as like a Ruby developer. But if you start working with all the different components of Rails, going inside of Rails, going inside of Ruby, the topics are so broad that there's no reason to go anywhere else. I just don't want to. Plus it's fun here. 
right? Sure is. <laughs> well, we have last question for you. Yes. And that is, do you have anything to shout out before you leave us? Oh yeah. I want to give, I want to give a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a shout out to mushroom hunting. <laughs> I'm actually a bona fide mycologist. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. It's true. I'm, I'm going to talk about this in my keynote as well. I am a bona fide mycologist. And I think that you all should get into mushroom hunting too. Amazing. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> thank Definitely you for having me. Check out his keynote tomorrow. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks to Honey Badger. I have all kinds of sources to back what I'm about to say next. The number one reason startups fail is that they run out of money. There are so many ways for startups to lose money. Downtime certainly should not be one of them. Recent studies found that downtime can cost $427 per minute for small businesses and up to $9,000 per minute for medium-sized businesses. That's every single minute that you're down. A monthly subscription with Honey Badger helps you prevent costly downtime by giving you all the monitoring you need in one easy to use platform so you can quickly understand what's going on and how to fix it, which of course helps you stay in business. Best of all, Honey Badger is free for small teams and setup takes as little as five minutes. Get started today at honeybadger.io. That is honeybadger.io. Thanks to Honey Badger for supporting the show. All right, on to our second guest. Live from RailsConf 2023, Atlanta. It's a Ruby Community Podcast live. Oh, you're back. May I introduce your latest guest? She comes from Mars. She's come from where? From Mars. Please welcome our second guest to the podcast, CEO of Evil Martians. Irina Nasarova. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So... Everybody knows who Aaron is, Tenderlove, and most people know who Evil Martians are for our cool open source and pretty amazing blog. But I guess nobody knows who I am. <laughs> so how did I end up here? It's a short story. It's a change of emotions, I think. Last June, I remember I was walking to this kind of distant train station, listening to the Ruben Rails podcast with Brittany Martin, and Aurelie Vero discussing her developer origin story and women on rails and many other topics. And I started daydreaming. I do that. And I imagined how I would write a tweet and then suddenly Brittany would invite me to the podcast and I would be there. And then like the rest of the day I spent kind of rehearsing in my head what I'm going to say. Guess what? Like I tweeted this and the rest of the dream came true. This is how crazy that was. I didn't dream about this. <laughs> this is on Brittany and somebody else. I couldn't send my savvy cow link to her fast enough. So she was an amazing <laughs> guest. Irina, just I admire you so much. You are incredibly scrappy, just smart and intuitive. Before we get into like the serious questions, I do want to ask you how you were able to acquire a cake yesterday for Vlad's talk yesterday. If anybody did not see that talk, it's fantastic. But you managed to acquire a rainbow cake. So how did you pull that off? Yeah, so I think it was a week ago and Vova said, look, I actually need a real cake for my rails as a piece of birthday cake talk. I'm like, all right, so you can actually do this, I checked Instagram, hashtag Atlanta Bakery, 
wrote to five bakers and explained what we need. And the funny part is that we got it delivered to our hotel before we actually checked in. That's like crazy logistics. But the hardest part was actually cutting through this huge cake with a plastic knife from this conference. That was hard. And stealing a table, but I I didn't tell you about it. (laughs) Okay, so this is a tough question because... We've seen agencies before in the rail space attempt to be both consulting and a product-based organization. And in the end, they end up pivoting to go one or the other. And Evil Martians right now is trying to be both. You obviously have a very well-established consultancy. And then as well, you have any cable for real-time functionality, image proxy, and then you have a new GPT-based search tool for documentation. How are you doing both things and doing both things well? So the way I see it is this. We work with 20 to 30 engineering teams every year, kind of super closely, right next to each other. And we learn what their problems are, what they're looking for. And this is a unique opportunity. So consulting is actually a unique opportunity for us to understand the users of developer tools. So we use this experience, this expertise to build tools that are going to be useful for those engineering teams from startups. That's our focus, not the huge enterprise organizations, but mostly for startups. And I want to keep that. I want to keep this part of the business because it really going to help. But we are passionate about building open source and building products and commercializing products as well. That's for sure. How are you able to manage time for both? Do you have engineers split their time between the two or do you have some who are just dedicated to products and some dedicated to consulting? So I'd say with open source, it comes as a sort of almost like a byproduct of consulting. So we're not doing open source for the sake of open source, it's mostly something stripped from the consulting project or something we needed. It can also be a test task at the Russia's, but like a home assignment, but the different story. So once we build that, there is something like some traction. It's not even about commercializing it, but we see that somebody is using our open source, like left hook. We're not commercializing it, but we'll use it even in GitLab. So the maintainer can take time off of kind of consulting work to work on this. It has to be kind of proof. It's not just to work on any open source. So we kind of trying to invest in certain tools as long as they show, like they show some traction. Like as soon as they show some traction, we start allocating some amount of resources, but it has to be super controlled because the problem is many consulting companies actually invest all of their profit into building some kind of internal product. And we are trying to be very conscious and very strict about it. So we'll, for example, we'll only dedicate something like a few weeks or a few months with some kind of metrics of expected results if we want to be serious about something. So for any cable, Vladimir and me are both allocating some of our time to this, but we know the results we expect from this as well. I know entrepreneurship is really important to you and you're talking to a lot of startups that are thinking about getting started or they've already gotten started on Rails. 
do you feel confident recommending Ruby on Rails to startups? And are there ever times that you don't? Yeah, I agree. That's what makes me so passionate about Rails. So seeing even this year, like seeing college dropouts choosing Rails to startups in San Francisco and Bay Area, raising funding and growing using Rails, leveraging Rails, understanding that they will be able to stay within this framework as they grow. This is important. I will say there was recently a case when I suggested to go off Rails. And this was, this was related to building a content portal. So for like static websites, you don't necessarily need to choose Rails, but for products, I still believe it's the best tool out there to build your product and to bring it to market the fastest way. Like it's the fastest way to build it, to bring it to market. And with this, having the confidence of like knowing it's going to scale and so you're going to stay with it. So I have an audience question for you. This is from Ross Kaffenberger. How does Evil Martians foster the environment for a great company blog? We make people, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have amazing editors. We have two editors on stuff that... We like editors here, right? Yeah. <laughs> editing something, it just elevates it. When you have someone editing your content and elevating its quality... It gives you this feeling that, okay, even if I do something wrong, someone has my back. Okay, this is two items. One is the editors, and the second one is actually the thing that blog articles bring us value. So kind of explaining to the whole team every time that, look, this company read this blog, reached out. So the blog post doesn't have to be super popular to bring a cool client. Some of the most popular articles are actually not bringing clients, but we want to work with the best clients and the best clients, they reach out because they read our blog. That's just how it works. And this motivates people, this direct link between doing something cool and, well, writing about the stuff you do, overcoming all the insecurities and all this stuff. I love that. Before you depart, any shout outs that you would like to do? So there's something I want to say, and I want to say it because I feel there are some people missing here. And I want to say it on behalf of those people, those engineers, those rubies from Ukraine that might be missing here today. This is my shout out to them. And to all of you, to ask you to pledge support for Ukraine, for people in Ukraine during this war that where they are suffering and we can help. And so let's do this. Let's donate to Ukrainian organizations. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Next up, we are gonna bring up our guest who won by popular vote in our poll. That is Justin Searles. Live from RailsConf 2023, Atlanta. It's a Ruby Community Podcast Live. As voted by the community. Joining us now. Here's your online poll pick. Hi. So before we get started with you, we're going to bring up a fourth guest and we're going to do a live audience poll to see who that's going to be. 
Okay, so Danielle Greaves, my best friend, lead web developer at the Pittsburgh Cultural Trust is gonna be grabbing a microphone. The way that this is gonna work is we are gonna have people put their hands up. We're gonna select three people, bring them up and see why they want to join Justin as a guest spot on this panel. All right, so I have a very important question for each of you. Brittany, tell me why you wanna be on the podcast today. Well, um, Justin appears to have a lot of cards that he has prepared, and I want to take them and shuffle them so that he can have to think off the top of his head. Love you, Justin. And Colin, tell us why you want to be on the podcast. Because I'm the host of the Rooftop Ruby podcast with my friend Joel Drapper, and we didn't make the cut for the little recording thing. I'm Victoria Guido. Managing Director at ThoughtBot for our platform DevOps and SRE team, and I'm the co-host of the Giant Robots podcast. Now we're gonna take a round of applause for each of you, and whoever gets the most loud claps can join us on the podcast. So let's hear for Victoria. Awesome, awesome. How about Colin? And lastly, but not least, Brittany. Ooh, that's a close one, close one today. I think it went up to Brittany, right? We agree? Double Brittany's, yeah. It was yeah. just by a squeak. But yeah. yeah, that so was, was very squeak. close. Well done, everyone. Thank you so much Thank for volunteering. Thank you, everybody. Live from RailsConf 2023, Atlanta. It's a Ruby Community Podcast live. As voted by the community. Joining us now. Here's today's session pick. All right. Well, Justin and Brittany, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. I assume at this point you two work together. Is that accurate? No, we only see each other at conferences. I can't remember the last time. Probably four years ago. Sure. The before time. Okay. (laughs) We've had like at least three conversations, but usually in groups. Okay. Yes. I remember no facts. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, she's uh, a character. (laughs) If you can't tell. Justin, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and then we'll get an introduction from Brittany. Yeah, so my name is Justin Searles. I've been programming Ruby pretty much all of my adult life, which has been a while now. It's still going. I co-founded Test Double in 2011 and we were such a little fish that we didn't even make our way to a Rails conference until 2014. In my first talk at RailsConf 2014 and then spoke a bunch at Ruby conferences after that and... Our company, Test Double, is a consulting company similar to Irina Evil Martians. And gosh, this year we have over 20 agents from the company here and, and I think five speakers. So it's just really exciting to see our group's growth. Other stuff about me, I don't know. I'm wearing a hat that's new. I don't wear a lot of hats, but I am balding and I want to prepare everyone for the eventuality of me getting hair transplants. So I just let me know more about that. I wrote, so I got, I've got a wig on. Well, Brittany Brittany was giving me shit about having these index cards, (laughs) but I I like have them laid out like tarot cards in front of me and the placement matters. I don't know anything. I assume this is true, but one of them, I just wrote, be real. Brittany, I don't know how you go after that, but. (laughs) Hi, Brittany Alexander. I used to work at MailChimp where I did not do any Ruby, but. I started in Ruby and I always consider this home. Currently I'm unemployed though, so if anyone wants me to come and provide some hilarity to their daily life, I'm open. Justin, I have a question for you. So your talks are always entertaining and very well thought out and put together. I'm curious what your favorite talk you've given is. 
Favorite talk that I've given, I hate them all so passionately. I'm chasing this, I'm never competing with other people to like do a better talk. I'm competing with this image of perfection I have in my head and I can never reach it. But one talk that I gave a long time ago, like seven or eight years ago was called How to Scratch an Itch. And it kind of was the meta talk of how I show up in these places and online and on GitHub where I described my creative impulse as an illness, as like I have an idea, I have a thought in the shower of like, what if I had an NPM package named test double because like I wanted to get it before somebody else. And so then I was like, well, I don't have a lot of time, but now I need to make this real. And so then I just like didn't sleep for two weeks and I made like what I consider to be like the best testable library for JavaScript. And then only once it was done, did I feel like relief. And so it reframed creativity from a positive thing, which I can't really relate to a thing where it's just like, there's this sin inside of me and I need to admit it. And I think if you want to know me, that's a good starting point to my anthology. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so thank you, Amanda Perino, for pointing out that we have Justin and Brittany on stage, as in Timberlake and Spears. That brings me <laughs> so much joy. <laughs> we should have worn our denim tuxedos. <laughs> Brittany, has there ever been anything that has kept you awake at night? What keeps me awake at night? My anxiety keeps me awake at night, but thankfully I have sought help and gotten the right pills for that. And I encourage anyone else to do it if you can. But I think as far as actual topics, I think that my main concerns in the recent years have just been like trying to figure out how to be kinder. And I struggle with figuring out the balance between being kind and also being direct and honest, because I think there is an important balance there. Like you don't want to be just nice. You sometimes have to be a little bit forceful in order to be kind and struggle well, with that. Well, I've noticed you haven't shuffled Justin's cards, so I think you're being you pretty kind me. so far. She reached over, but I put my hand down. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fine. Okay, Justin, I know that you are going to be announcing some things at the conference, and one of them is something called NEAT. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Oh, yeah. So back in the olden days of 2010, 2011, there used to be more conferences there used to be more kind of software communities, more meetups, more regional conferences, not just Ruby stuff, but like interdisciplinary stuff. A lot of people were getting around, of course, Agile, and that kind of came and went and got corporate. And then the software craftsmanship, which now I don't know what we would call craftspersonship. These ideas that were, that there's certain things about software and trying to do a good job in this very nascent and misunderstood and confusing industry that transcended any particular technology or any framework or any language ecosystem. And so you could go to like a Python conference and a Ruby conference and a Java conference and see sort of like little flashes and green shoots of similar ideas, but they would never really coalesce because they were just the soft talk in one track at one conference. And I'd like to see, and I think my team at Test Double, because we see ourselves as sort of like an interdisciplinary consulting company that kind of tries to blend the human and the technical more conversation around like just what are the things that aren't about technology that are worth discussing and thinking about and getting better at engineering leadership management handling conflict in a humane way finding consensus improving our productivity incorporating people at different skill levels and so you may have seen me tweet before on the internet and i often will put up a screenshot of like a bug or something that's disappointing to me and i'll just say neat and so 
in trying to acronymize a word that I like, we did that. And so it's called Not Everything is About Technology. And we are signing up a wait list now for like, we're not sure what form this is going to take, but it's probably going to start as like an online forum of discussion for people who have a passion about like making software better. And you can sign up at testdouble.com slash neat. And we're going to start letting people in and, and starting some of those conversations. So it'd be really exciting to see some folks if you're interested in that kind of thing. Brittany, we're in front of a lot of people. So what is the ideal job for you? Let's craft that for you. This they, is someone might so, be hiring right now. So kind of you. My ideal job is one where people that I'm working with like to communicate and like to help make each other's work easier by supporting one another. As far as technology goes, I mean, I'd love to work on some more Rails stuff because I miss it from having to do PHP. And I like to solve like customer issues and that kind of thing. I like to think like the user. All right, this sounds very achievable and I know some people, so we're going to talk after. Justin, you mentioned to us, we were talking about doing this, that you want to talk a little bit maybe about Ruby Kagi and some of the conferences that happened in Japan. So I'd like to let you do that now. So show of hands, because this is an auditory medium. Who's been to Ruby Kagi before? Hands up. Yeah, I thought so. So almost everyone's in the front row and almost everyone's a speaker. Ruby Kaigi, Kaigi just means conference or meeting in Japanese. Ruby Kaigi is an annual event where our Japanese friends hold a national conference. They love for people from other countries to come too. But right now, you know, the vast majority of people on Ruby Core and committers to Ruby live in Japan, speak Japanese. And so it's a conference that's very technical. It's about a lot of Ruby internals and it shows a lot of what's coming up next in Ruby. And I remember in 2016, I was like so overwhelmed with fear, anxiety, excitement to be invited to give the keynote or a keynote at Ruby Kagi 2016. I went with my co-founder, Todd Kaufman, and we were sitting in a lot of the talks and we we're like, holy crap, we're learning a lot about Ruby and stuff coming out in Ruby. And I've been a few times since then. And I realized that there's very often a talk at Ruby Kagi about like a brand new feature that's going to come on the next Christmas release of Ruby, but no one in the West knows about it or is talking about it or is blogging about it. And so recently I the good pleasure of being able to demote myself at Test Double back to being an individual contributor. And so because I have some more time now to build content and share what I'm learning in public, I'm going to be traveling to Japan next month to go to Ruby Kaigi. And I'm going to be basically, I'm not giving a talk at Kaigi. I'm just going to show up and be a field reporter. I'm going to start a life, live blog. I'm going to take pictures of ramen and share travel tips and then do recaps of the conference talks that I go to to show all of you Anyone who wants to sign up, follow along. A little bit of like, what's the inside track on what can we look forward to about Ruby or what are the innovative things that our Japanese contemporaries are doing to make Ruby better? Because it's, otherwise it just, for whatever reason, the news doesn't really get out quite as well. So if you're interested in following along with my journey and my travels, you can sign up to get notified when the live blog goes up and that URL is testdouble.com slash field. And you'll get a, an email. It won't sign you up for any other kind of junk. Well, I appreciate you building my show notes for me. So thank you, Justin. <laughs> As we're wrapping up, Justin and Brittany, do you have any shout outs that you want to do before you leave us? I want to shout out my friend Eileen for being my friend. <laughs> Love that. I'll shout out Eileen too. I guess she's... No, 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 no. 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 Honestly, 
I'm really excited to be here. It's cool. I know I'm not going to give the stereotypical like, hey, it's cool to like, be in a conference with humans, talking to each other stuff. Because what I mean is my career and a lot of my life has been so drastically improved by the people in this community and by the opportunities that it's, it's given me. Everything from friends to colleagues to clients. Yeah, just thank you. I have a lot of fun here. And my goal and the reason that I keep doing this and the thing that I love most about showing up to conferences is the opportunity for us to share one another's excitement and show each other what we're learning and showing each other where we're at on this journey because I, I find it to be really validating and makes me feel a little bit less alone. Amazing. Justin and Brittany, thank you so much for coming up on stage. We appreciate you. All right, folks, and that is a wrap for a Ruby Community Podcast Live. Thank you so much for attending today. We appreciate you. Special thanks to Danielle for going out there and finding our fourth guest. We appreciate you as well. Thank you to our speakers. Thank you to our wonderful panel. Anything else that you two want to say? Thanks to Blue Ridge Ruby for letting me take notes on the back of their sticker card. And you should buy a ticket to Blue Ridge Ruby. Just thanks for everybody coming to Atlanta. Woo! You've been listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded to stay in the loop on Ruby on Rails and open source software. While you're at it, please leave us a review. And thank you for listening.